Hello everyone, I'm Zola Zengit. Welcome to COVID Stuck Abroad, the podcast where I get to chat with South Africans who are living abroad in 2020, when COVID-19 changed the world as we know it. This podcast aims to tell the personal accounts of guests featured and does not claim to offer verified facts. To get verified information about COVID-19 and related information, please refer to the official World Health Organization website, as well as the official South African government website. Please see the show notes for links. It must also be stated that COVID stuck abroad will not tolerate xenophobic sentiments. Listeners should recognize that the personal experiences of one individual cannot be viewed as a representation of an entire nation, ethnicity, or culture. Okay, now let's get to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Today I'm chatting with Natolo Bule, an associate director at Standard Chartered Bank who moved to Dubai in the United Emirates in 2018. Hi, Natola. Hi, Zola. How are you? I am great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for joining me today, like just for agreeing to speak with me about your experiences. Um, I'm very happy to, and it's great to catch up, and thank you for having me. Okay, so just to, I think, start off our conversation, I always just like to maybe give our listeners a picture of how you ended up in Dubai. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll be glad to. It is uh, kind of an interesting and weird experience as to how I got here. Firstly, uh, it was never my plan. Like I never, ever wanted to necessarily be in Dubai. It was not a, a location that I thought of as an exciting or cool place to be. But you know, mm-hmm. three years down the line, I'm very grateful. Like it's has been nothing short of phenomenal. Um, so I was doing leverage finance in South Africa. And then the bank that I'm still currently working in, I was looking for a bit of a change, something different. Um, mm-hmm. And there were a couple of changes happening within the bank at the time. Um, so I approached a mentor of mine to say, hey, like, would there be any scope for me to potentially try a different product, do something different. And, you know, spoke to a couple more people and this particular, they were like, there's this dead capital markets opportunity, but here's the thing, it's only in Dubai. So would you be willing to move and like, you know, try this out? Um, And at the time, like I just gotten married to, at the time was my long-term boyfriend. And, you know, we spoke about it and it was like, this could be a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like, let's Mm. just do it. Like, we'll make it work. And yeah, I hopped on a train, a bus. (laughs) (laughs) I hopped on a plane. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, and I came to Dubai. Um, I knew a couple of people who were this side already. And I just, I tried it out and it was like it has been fantastic. Like it was great. I've met phenomenal people. Um, just the diversity of this place, like because it is mostly expat driven. Mm. Like there's about seventy percent of the people are expats. So you wow. have a very friendly people want to like meet other people because no one's in their hometown, right? So everyone mm. is a traveler. So I absolutely love it. The space is great. Yeah. So that's how I came here. Oh, and what was that like actually sort of adjusting to being newly married and then moving to a different country? 
Um, <laughs> it honestly, like it has been like, okay, it's been really good. Like how I always describe it is that the joy of not living in the same country or in the same place as your partner is that every time you guys see each other, you really treasure that time. Mm -hmm. So it feels a bit honeymoon like, which I think is like a benefit. And I think it's a benefit that not a lot of people speak about. Um, but you do really value what time is. And then you just set boundaries, I think, for yourself. So like for us, our thing is we'd have, you know, come rain or shine, whether you're in a meeting or not, like we have our sacred hour, which would be seven mm -hmm. o'clock South Africa time, nine o'clock Dubai, and we speak. Like, you know, mm -hmm. whether it is that you're tired or you're, you have gone out with people, but just having that boundary and people around you to know that this is our time, then you... It works. Like, um, I don't know. I think we've been good. So I like it. But like, you, you guys got to see each other often though, right? Like when you first moved to Dubai, because you travel a lot for your job. Uh, yes, I do. Zol. Um, so fortunately with my work, like I would be in South Africa, like every six weeks or so, five to six weeks. So yeah, we did. Like it wasn't very bad, but uh, to go from yeah. a situation of being with someone every single day from university, <laughs> to like seeing them every five weeks for us like that's like yeah it's tough like it was a bit of an adjustment I mean I, I mean I haven't said you travel a lot for your work I actually meant to say you used to travel oh. a lot for your work yeah the, um, the good old days <laughs> I, yeah I thought that was interesting that like you know that's one of the I would think the perks of your job is that you've gotten to travel a lot around Africa and it's like I was wondering like you know what are some of your favorite places like you visited um I think even though it was for work <laughs> no even if it is for work like I agree Zola like you still make you try your best to make the best of any experience so yeah. I mean I do try to I mean fortunately I do have a fairly wide network of people I know across Africa so I will you know, if I happen to be in X place, like I'll just say, hey, Zola, like I'm in your hood. Like, can you please show me where it is that you eat? That's and, so cool. And so, yeah, that is quite nice. Like, I think that is a, a very cool aspect of my job. And it's an aspect which I miss quite a mm. lot because it now my job is now mostly being in front of a computer screen and, you know, having, you know, video chats with clients and, you know, sending them presentations. But it feels very impersonal and I enjoy the human yeah. connection bit which I think COVID has robbed us of a bit but simultaneously you don't want to complain too much right because I am fortunate that I have an ability to do my job and not need to physically you know travel around or, or whatever yeah I mean speaking of COVID when did you realize okay something's going on yeah things are changing. When did you first find out about like the coronavirus? So I think like most people, and actually maybe not so much like most people, but so I work, as you said, at Standard Chartered and our bank is emerging market focused. So mm -hmm. we had a lot of our colleagues in Asia, you know, China and across Asia mm -hmm. who already by Jan, Feb, like the office mm. was closed. They were doing like remote working. But at the time, though, I still think it did, at least to me, feel like it was a 
Asia problem. Like, you know, mm. this is something that will affect them. And oh, no, that's so sad for them. And mm -hmm. <laughs> we're never going to be as extreme as it was. You know, some of the reports that we were hearing, like Jan Feb from our colleagues are really bad. And But it was like, oh, man, but that's happening over there. Like, it's not like it's our problem. And then we had a Chinese New Year around the end of end of Feb, beginning of March. Um, there was the Chinese New Year, and we had a lot of Chinese tourists, like as usual, who come into Dubai during that time. Um, and again, like right, it was still very normal. We weren't wearing masks, and we just weren't concerned, right? We just carried on mm. with life. But you'd hear about and like yet yeah, you already knew sort of like what had happened, yeah, or at least what was happening in like a few Asian countries at that point. Yeah, but it was still like at least for me, like I was still in denial, even mm. though I knew the information, but it didn't seem like it was uh, something that could really close down the way we do everything you know pandemic status i just did not anticipate that yeah Jeez. and so when did you like in dubai exactly like did you guys have a lockdown or when did you realize that like okay things are changing when did you start having to work from home so it would be around i think some of the restrictions so i'm in dubai but some of the other emirates they had lockdowns earlier than Dubai. So I remember specifically Abu Dhabi mm -hmm. had their lockdown. I think it was around mid-March. Around mid-March, like we were hearing, you know, reports of different restaurant chains, like them saying like, oh, actually like our Abu Dhabi branch has like now shut down. They're restricting everything. And Dubai then, it was the week afterwards, like around early 20s of March, then Dubai also followed suit, closed down everything, masks are mandatory, you need permits, you know, to move up and down. Um, mm. and then How did life that changed. make you feel? Like just being in a different country and like all of that happening? I mean, honestly, Zola, scared. Absolutely scared because I just, I didn't know what, A, like, did it mean that we we're going to be closed down for three months plus like what had happened in china am i going to be safe god forbid if i do get sick i'm alone here i mean i've got mm. friends right but it's different when you want family right when you're really yeah. sick and you're going through it like it's just i'm asthmatic as well like just the thoughts because it was people who are asthmatic or had any you know underlying issues I mean, that was a potential issue, right? So that mm. this thing could really make you seriously sick and you could die. Thinking about my family, the fact that, you know, who knows when I will see them. So, yeah, just scared. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds though like, you know, Dubai was sort of going through um, trying to deal with COVID-19 around the same time that South Africa itself was also trying to deal with the emergence of like, you know, like um, this... Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if it wasn't called a pandemic yet, right? At that no, point, I think. But, uh, you know, like this, this emergence virus. of like this virus in yeah. these different countries. And so, you know, because for us, it was like early March, we had our first case and then cases were increasing. Mm. And yeah, around the 20s, this is when like things were picking up, like what's going to happen? Are we also going to go under lockdown? Um, schools are closing. Mm. 
And so like, how are you and your family and your husband like communicating like at this point about what you're going to do? Yeah, I mean, so when I heard then, you know, so we're starting these lockdowns and then I was hearing from some friends that, you know, Emirates might be canceling flights very soon Mm. as in response to this thing. So at this stage, you know, every day of the COVID situation, which a benefit I think is that it's caused us all to reevaluate and start communicating more. So I think during, you know, that beginning period of COVID, like it's most probably the time I can recall speaking to my family most like more than I think I ever have, like having been here. Because it's like normally you'd check on your family. I mean, there's obviously speaking on WhatsApp, which you'll do every day. But, you know, in terms of video calls and making that active Mm. effort, literally every single day, like it would be, we'd be video chatting to say, you know, what's happening, just keeping up to date and keeping them, I think, at bay to realize that, okay, I'm alive and I'm okay and Mm. making sure that I'm not losing my mind because they know I'm alone in this apartment because you couldn't Mm. see friends, um, things like that, right? You know, there were no social type of visits. Yeah. But yeah, like, so on the one side, I I am grateful for that confusing beginning period because it forced us all to just check in, like to just make the effort to just check in every single day so. How do you make the decision then to come to South Africa? I mean, you're still working. So like, what made you make the decision that like, okay, no, you're going to fly back? So Zola, I just did not want to be stuck in Dubai for God knows for how long and not have an ability to be with my family. So for me, I was willing at the time, which was very very young and naive, even though it was just a year ago. <laughs> but I was, I was willing to, if it is that my workplace fires me over wanting to be with my family during this very mm. scary time, then, you know, so be it. Because I think that even me as an employee, I would have not been an effective and efficient employee being stuck alone in an apartment with no human interaction like well close to no human interaction for an extended period of time like it's just you're not going to get the best version of me so I mean that's kind of the decision that I made and I called around booked a flight uh, and then called my boss to say you know this is what's happening this could be the only opportunity for me to leave the country I know I don't have the right approvals, but can I go? And fortunately, you know, I do work with very reasonable people. And, mm-hmm. you know, they said, yes, like just, they were like, just go, we'll sort out the paperwork and all of that mess after the fact. But first things first is look after, look after your emotional, mental health. Because that, that was also mm-hmm. taking a toll last year. Yeah, because at this point, you're already, you're already working from home in Dubai, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm working from home here and it's honestly, it was just, it was scary. It was depressing. Um, Yeah. So when did you get back into South Africa? Like you just made it before. Just made it. Before our own lockdown, right? Yeah. So I think I arrived like on the 
Thursday and then like the official like things are shutting down was like on the Friday. Like it was like literally a day or two that I got lucky. Like I just got so lucky. Yeah. And how was it? Like, I mean, you got to experience a little bit of, you know, restrictions and a bit of a lock. Well, I mean, Dubai didn't have a full lockdown like we had, right? They did. Okay. So they did. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah because <laughs> okay, you said like you you still had to get permits yeah. and you know you couldn't just like go anywhere yeah so how did that compare like like what you experienced in dubai and then what yeah. you experienced in south africa like level five lockdown it's yeah. level five let's five say. five against five because this side i think it was also <laughs> like five um i think if i were to compare the two i think they were largely similar but i think the one thing which i'll say about the society here vis-a-vis back at home Mm. is that there here is like a real reverence and fear for like the rule of law so Mm. if you say that you know we're doing this like people will like on the most parts really just abide to the laws because you're afraid of getting fined you're afraid of getting like god forbid they take like your visa and they say like you know go to your, you know, go back and, you know, they cancel your visa and all of that. Um, So there is a a stronger adherence to rule of law. But I think in terms of what both both sets of rules are trying to do, I really think it's exactly the same. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we just didn't know, right? So I think there was a lot of overcorrecting at the start because most people just, you, you didn't know what it was. Like you're washing your hands, like, 20 times a day even if you're like just in your apartments because you're just Mm. like oh my goodness what to do but yeah restaurants closed uh bars obviously closed i mean bars are still closed even to like now here in dubai oh so like every like seating areas are 50 percent capacity but you know about a year ago it was like restaurants were closed you couldn't go out to like the parks and stuff and like do casual runs so same thing as us, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what was it like then adjusting to working from home in South Africa? Honestly, fine. To, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, fine. Because you're, you're trading, sitting in front of like a home desk in yeah. one location to like a home desk in another location. So yeah, honestly, and I think, fine. You know, that's the thing. It's like, it just ended up being a why do you actually have to be in Dubai if you are just working from home and you're just like sitting in front of your computer if you can be anywhere in the world? Yeah. I so do. How long did... Oh, yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say that I do hope, like, if there's one thing that we do learn from this whole COVID experience, like, I do hope that our very rigid workplaces have a bit of flexibility with respect to you know, people don't necessarily need to be in the very same brick and mortar Mm. space in order to produce work on the one aspect. But in the other aspect, there is something about being in an office-y environment Mm. where you're able to share ideas and like be with your colleagues and like even those like small five-minute breaks where you're like gathered around a water cooler, just chit-chatting, like all of those like build a sense of community and spirit which I think we do need as well. So Yeah. Yeah. So how long did you end up staying in South Africa then? 
Oh, for so long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> until October, so March until October. Oh, wow. So, yeah, like, kind of beginning April, end of March oh, okay. until so October. Like quite a big chunk of 2020 then that you're in SA. Yeah. So why did you decide to go back to the UAE in October? Because as soon as international flights were open, I had to, like, my dispensation ran out. Like, I had to come back. So it was uh, driven by work. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you could have stayed. You, I mean, if you wanted I, to. I like would you, have wanted to, yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, can I give you a, just a random anecdote of about course. coming back to my apartment? So I, <laughs> I then arrive at my apartment, which is the downside of having left for so long. Oh. And it was summer and I, so it was, I left for most of the summer months, right? Mm. And then I came back to my apartment that's whatever, October, and I hadn't turned on the AC, like the air conditioning in this apartment of mine. So effectively you had like heat from like the outside mm. and then like the corridors here, like a all air conditioned like corridors outside my building and so like you had this hot and cold thing happening in this apartment and like my whole apartment had like mold everywhere like oh. kind of like ceiling to floor so oh. yeah <laughs> so, oh I'm so sorry moral of the story don't leave your apartment unattended <laughs> for months on end <laughs> I hope at that's a point you didn't know I mean had you even cleaned out your fridge yeah, you I know. cleaned out my fridge, fortunately. So I oh, okay. I emptied out everything before I left, food-wise. But okay. I did not anticipate <laughs> that I should have actually just left my air conditioning on, which bad for the environment. But Yeah, but also even just like costs. I mean, what yeah. it would just have been on for months and months on end. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. And so it's like when you get back, um, did you like get back and like leave your husband behind or, you know, yeah. like what was that now adjusting back to that? Yeah, that was weird and sad. I'm sure it was like, you know, difficult knowing that it's not going to be as easy to travel compared to before. Yeah. I mean, it's it just 2020, I think all in all has just been uncertainty. Right. So hmm. we left because I had to leave. I had to come back here. Yeah? I mean, which also was the right thing to do because when people try give you, try level with you and be nice, yeah. like you can't just, you know, take the piss as well. So, yeah, I mean, that was sad. Like I cried all the way to the airport, um, huh. cried like most of the flights until I passed out. Like it was just sad. Like I just, and I got yeah. home and I well got here and I was depressed and like really just bleak. But um I'm so sorry. Kind of hope I can imagine for the best. that must be hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, the thing about then being in the UAE, you're back, vaccines. Let's get into mm -hmm. that. I think you have one of the most fascinating stories about vaccines, honestly. <laughs> um, when does the UAE start their vaccination program? So I think the vaccination program started early this year. Could have been earlier, but I wasn't keeping up to date because at the time, like, I just 
I wasn't interested in getting vaccinated, to be perfectly honest. Like, I was like, uh, not that keen. Like, I was just like, oh, you know, what are we, like, going to be the human trials, like the guinea pigs (laughs) for this thing? Like, you don't want to be version one of any medical procedure, right? Like, you just want the, like, you want to know what all the side effects are, then I'll make my Mm -hmm. decision. Um, So, yeah, probably... Early this year, vaccines started and they have this app, Department of Health app, um, where you can book a slot, like here. And And it's like open to everyone, so like citizens, residents, and even like foreigners. um, Yeah, so residents and citizens, like, you know, like it is open to that, uh, open to everyone uh, in, in that sense. Okay, so not tourists is what you're trying um, to say. And like, I'm not sure. Well, I, I'm not sure. I don't think so. But like, honestly, I don't know. But so then my husband then comes over. Um, mm. And by virtue of we're married, like he has like um visa. He has like a spousal visa. Okay. Sponsored visa for here. So he counts as a resident. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we then like, he was very strong, like, cause he wanted like a vaccine, like, you know, very adamant on it. My very good friend, um, Sarasa, she also like, you know, very adamant on like a vaccine, <laughs> like both of them, like were very set on Pfizer in particular, uh, myself very much indifferent to slash I don't think I even want a vaccine like I couldn't be bothered (laughs) honestly Um, and yeah so like you know they do their research they present you know kind of the pros and cons um, and yeah so then we get on the app unfortunately because there's like like so many so many vaccines here in the UAE you can effectively choose like you could pick you know, that you want vaccine X, you know, and then yeah, you book you were a slot. Sa- like you were telling me how, like, they pretty much have access to all the different types of vaccines. Yeah. Like, you can choose which vaccine you want. Yeah. I, I mean, like, so when they opened it up, because I think initially, like, they restricted, so certain vaccines, I think, open to the population initially was just the Sinopharm and Sinovac vaccines, huh. which could be open to expats. And then I think the local, you know, population, like they had the choice of like, you know, three or four different types of vaccines. Um, and then they did like an age grouping for mm. um, expats to say, you know, if you are over 65, then you can pick and then they kept on decreasing it. But like even but the rollout was very, very quick. Like each of those stages happened like within a within a matter of like a week or two. So oh, wow. what it's May now. So I, I'm gonna say I think I I got vaccinated in March. So by March, when you know, we were interested in getting vaccinated, they had opened up like the catalogue of vaccines. <laughs> um to to everyone <laughs> catalog of vaccines yeah like at the time so they'd opened it to everyone so i mean fortunately then the vaccine that you know my two closest people wanted to get um was open and was available and kind of go on the app you pick a site that's close to you and fortunately like we've got a 
vaccination center that is about a less than a kilometer away. So we just picked that one. And yeah, you go in, so efficient, jab, boom, out, done. Pfizer had those two doses, right? Yeah. Like you need to get two shots. Yeah. And so it's like you went in for your first one, then had to wait. Then you wait 20 days, I think. Yeah, 20 days and then second shot. And now you're like, you got your vaccine. Yeah, I'm vaccinated. But you know, like the this is the funny, tricky thing about um, A, them not knowing that much about this virus because it keeps on mutating mm. so much. I remember when I came in for my second shot, um, I then asked, I'm like, okay, I mean, is this it? And then the nurse was like, well, maybe you might need to come in for a booster shot a year from now. We just don't know mm. yet. Um, so, yeah, like in some ways, yeah, I mean, I'm grateful that I even had the opportunity to to take, well, to be in a country where they have just vaccines in general, like even forget about the optionality of you can get this one versus that. I just think mm. having access to vaccines is, is amazing and these days a blessing. But yeah, like, but also, man, that there might be more. I'm really yeah. afraid of needles. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah. yeah, many people are. But yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's it been like so far now? I mean, just you say that, like, I mean, the Dubai, like, pubs are still closed. So it's not like things are fully back to normal. But mm. what has it just been like life now, being back at work? You're still working from home, right? I am mostly working from home. And that is a choice. Um Again, like I think my workplace is being very sensible and understanding to the fact mm. that we all have different limitations, right? Yeah. So some people need to come into the office. Maybe they've got young children and like being at home the whole time, like might not be the most conducive environment. Uh, but for myself personally, like I have made the election to mostly work from home. I find that I work quite efficiently. I'm also just afraid of being in the office and potentially, you know, exposing myself. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. as I said, I'm asthmatic. So, I, it, like, I still do have a bit of a fear around yeah. unnecessarily exposing myself to the virus. And that's important. It's like, you know, you're already vaccinated. And yet it's still important to know that it's not certain that you won't get infected. Yeah, like, I mean, it's still a thing. Like, I mean, we've seen this variant uh, that they, that was, that emerged in, in India, right? So is that they were saying that even if, you know, the population had been vaccinated, maybe this variant still would, you know, kind mm -hmm. of be spreading like wildfire like this. Being vaccinated doesn't mean that you're 100% immune, right? Yeah. Mm. Just to end of our conversation, how are you feeling about life right now and just how everything's going i am cautiously optimistic so like i'm cautiously optimistic that we need to get better there's so many things that i think this covid has taken away from us that i need to believe that it needs that we will get better like as a people mm. we'll get better that you know the countries that have the means to purchase these vaccines that they will grow a bit of a conscience and 
share them with you know more developing countries i need to believe that it's going to get better for my own sense of like you know peace um, yeah yeah thank you <laughs> so much thank you so much for joining me today it was really good to just like talk to you hear from you about your experiences and just like i'm so grateful that like you chose not only to be like a guest but also to just like share your story you know it's not easy to always speak about everything but i think it can be very helpful and just like you know helping all of us realize that we've all been through a lot in the past year yeah yeah thank Zala, you so much Natala. thank you thank you it's been a great conversation um thank you and good luck with the series thank you i can't wait for everyone to hear like the different conversations i've been having yeah <laughs> you're doing very yeah. important work Zala. like um Honestly, this moment is, it's a once in a lifetime and you are going to be one of the important voices that are voicing this experience and hopefully... I listen to you. <laughs> no, you're the one that's voicing your like story and that's why I'm grateful that like, you know, to everyone who's agreed to do this. Because I agree, I think it is important, you mm. know, um, to just sort of figure out what happened like, you know and like what you yeah. mentioned earlier about like the importance of like our men emotional and mental state and mm. trying to make sense of everything and hopefully this podcast series can be a part of that conversation yeah part of our healing so thank you have a enjoy good enjoy your weekend thank you. <laughs> but i have my wine right he was bringing me my wine like the weekend is starting <laughs> Okay, everyone who's listening, it's like I can see Nakola in like uh, via video, and like her husband walked in and uh, gave her a glass of wine. Yes. <laughs> well, enjoy your wine. Thank you. Enjoy man. your weekend. Have a great Thank weekend. you so much. Bye. Thank you to everyone. Goodbye. Thank see you. you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. You can follow us on Instagram at COVID Stuck Abroad. On Facebook, you can search for CSA to like the page. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at COVIDstuckabroad at gmail.com. Please see show notes for the links. This episode of COVID Stuck Abroad was produced by Zola Zegit with funding from the National Arts Council's Presidential Employment Stimulus Program. The episodes were recorded at Solar Gold Studios.